0: All right, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Property Players Podcast, where we're talking all things real estate. I have another special guest on for you guys. It's funny how we connect a lot of people on social media. You guys have heard me talk about that a bunch. This is another young lady that I've connected with via social media, uh, specifically because she had a rant. That I really uh, liked, and so I'll get I'll get her to talk about that a little bit later in the podcast. But let let me introduce Miss Melissa Desantis. Thank you for being on the podcast.
1: Hi, Chris. Sure, of course.
0: Awesome. Glad awesome. That's good to hear. to hear. Good to hear. Good to hear. So uh, we just jump straight in on this one. Give the people, the listeners, some background on you. Who is Melissa? Right? Like, give me the origin story. Where you come oh. from? Yeah, I know.
1: Uh, <laughs> a few hours. No. So, yes, I am in Monmouth County, New Jersey, and I didn't grow up here. I grew up out west. I grew up in Utah, but moved out east to New York City when I was like literally the day after I graduated high school and lived in the city for a while and, you know, worked early on and then eventually went to college. Okay. And eventually made my way out to New Jersey. I had family out here, and been here now in New Jersey for about 20, 20 years or so.
0: Nice. Is is that why you moved originally from Utah? Was for family? No,
1: uh, it's just a different world in Utah. <laughs> for sure. And I guess I knew I would. My father was from New York, and growing up, I would come to New York, uh, you know, every summer and just saw a different world out there. So I knew that it was really the East Coast was, was me and uh, where I fit in.
0: That's such a funny story because I, I just moved back from Los Angeles. So, okay. So I was born and raised in Philly and uh, spent some time in Miami. And then I wound up moving out to LA and I've been in LA for the past 10 years. And um, people always ask, well, why'd you move back? And I'm like, it's, it's just different. Right. Yeah, it's just it's different, different out right? there. You can't really put your finger on it, but it's just right. it's different. You you know, if you're meant to be on the East Coast and in that lifestyle. So that's that's interesting. I
1: could definitely take the weather in Los Angeles oh, for with, sure. East Coast.
0: <laughs> for sure. But outside of that, you know, there's a uh, few perks. But yeah. um, OK, so then got to Jersey. What did you go to school for? Communications.
1: Communications. Uh, well, I went two years at uh, FIT Fashion Institute of Technology in New York City got my associates transferred to Ryder University graduated there with communication with a communications degree not knowing you know what I was going to do sure. and started um, working now after I graduated I was working in New York City for the National Football League okay. and that was back in 1999 I think uh, so the internet at that time was fairly new and I was on the internet team. And to be honest, I remember working there and and right before I went for an interview being like, okay, well, I don't understand what's the difference between Google and like, I don't even know, like a regular, you know, the national football league. I (laughs) I had no idea how this internet thing worked. Uh, So yeah, I worked there for a few, you know, a few, I guess two years, but I knew an office job just wasn't for me. So eventually then I got into medical sales. And was in medical sales for a good five years or so. Okay. And that led me to real estate.
0: Okay. How, how did you get introduced to real estate? Did it, just something that, that popped up? Or did somebody uh, actually well, say- I
1: was um, selling my second home. It was a townhouse moving to a single family home. And I was just very, I enjoyed everything about it. Looking at the homes, the process, and wanted to learn more and more about it. I Knew that it was something that I was very passionate about. Uh, whereas medical sales, I was, you know, it, it was I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the perks and the people and everything, but it wasn't like the interest that I had in real estate. Sure. So I said, okay, I'll go part time and get do it. You know, get my license and I'll just do it on the side. Mm-hmm. And I got my license, started part time, and quickly learned that uh, in order to be, to be successful as a realtor. It's more than a full-time job.
0: Absolutely.
1: So I took a leap of faith, quit medical sales. You know, um, which was really an eye-opener because I had an expense account, a company car. You know, I had a salary and then commission, and going into real estate and you know paying for every single piece of paper yeah. that you, you needed. So, talk,
0: talk to me about that, Melissa, because that's a that's a big deal. And I know people, and right. I'm sure you know people that have those golden handcuffs right? They're, 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 they're in a career. They make yes. good money, good money, right? But they're just not happy. They're not fulfilled. Right. What What were you going through at that time to make that jump? Like, talk about the mindset.
1: I mean, you know, it was, when I look back, it's funny because in hindsight, you look back on your life and it's like, how did I move to New York City when I was 16? I wouldn't, I couldn't do that today. Right. And I look back and be like, how did I give up this, you know, stability with medical sales for the you know the real estate industry which is so you know volatile up and down. Sure. How did I do that? You know, and I you know, I just did it. I guess I didn't think or get in my head too much. I just knew it's what I wanted and I was gonna somehow make it work. Hmm. So
0: a lot of people struggle with that. A lot yeah. like I and I'm sure you, you talk to them. I, I talk to people all the time that are in their career but they want to branch out and do something else, whether it be real estate, start a business, whatever it is, they can't make that jump. They can't make that transition because of fear or whatever holds them back. So just for somebody that's done it and is, was successful at it, do you have like a couple pointers that somebody could understand or, or, or try to help somebody make that decision a little easier?
1: Well, yeah. I mean, I think, well, I'm, I'm a believer that, you know, we spend so much time of our, so much of our time working, That, of course, it's about money, but if you're not happy, ultimately, what what is the money doing? Absolutely. And so you've got to be doing something that you enjoy and you're passionate about. And for me, I guess it was easier because I kind of dipped my feet into it a little bit first, Mm -hmm. starting part-time, so that I really understood what I was getting myself into rather than, you know, leaving my medical sales job and just going straight into real estate full-time. Right. So that helped me to kind of understand what this is all about and prepare me as well as to, you know, save up a few months. Um, because when you get into real estate, it's not like you start and you get a, a paycheck. <laughs> right. You start and you're writing up many, many checks.
0: Absolutely.
1: So I guess Absolutely. just you know, kind of not completely giving up my my safety, mm-hmm. if you will, but you know, testing it a little bit. And then knowing, okay, yeah. yes, I like it. I understand this is what it's about. I understand this is what I've got to put into it in order to make it work. Yeah. And then making that that yeah. change.
0: How long was that transition for you? The like, part about time six to full months. time.
1: I would Hi. say. Probably. You
0: said six months.
1: Yeah, I would say, and probably talk. about six months.
0: That's good. So and then, to
1: be fair and to right. be honest, I had gotten married during that time. Got it. So that was a little reassuring because my, you know, my husband had the medical right. benefits. Right. Things like that, things that are important that I think sometimes people don't consider. Sure. They just see oh, all this money in real estate, but there's not a lot of you know those type of benefits that you're you're getting where you may be getting with another another company.
0: Absolutely, and again that that's the fear for most people that I know I talk to that want to jump out into real estate. Uh, it's it's all of the other things, the the, the benefits the ups and downs of the market
1: and right.
0: the the unsurety it really holds a lot of people back so good to hear that that you made that transition so then now you're full-time mm-hmm. what was your day-to-day like in the early stages like take me back to like when you were starting out what was the day-to-day like
1: well and that's hard to remember but I quickly got into short sales okay as we were coming off of the height back in 05 06 07 quickly learned the process of short sales, did a lot of training and got my foot in the door that way. And I enjoy short sales. I still enjoy doing them. We're not seeing as many as we did years ago, but I think eventually they're going to come back. So that helped me to really learn how to work hard because it's not easy to get through a short sale. There's a lot of different Components and logistics with it, and but that was, I would say, my first year. To half of my business was probably short sales.
0: Got it. And was it just because it was hot at the time? What what year was this?
1: So this was around 2008.
0: Around 2008, yeah.
1: 2008, so, 2009. Yes. Got it. And so then,
0: r- right as the market was <laughs> correcting yes, itself.
1: Yes. And then I got pregnant with twins. Wow. Um, and 2000, they were born in 2009. So. 2008 I got pregnant with twins wow and yeah and learning how to juggle twins and this this business was was challenging
0: talk about that because there again 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 there's so many moms soon to be moms they want to break out they want to be in business but now you have that whole am I a mom am I a businesswoman how much time do I allot? like so again talk to me about that time period like what were you going through
1: well it's it's challenging it's a struggle it's frustrating and even today it is mm. because you don't have that i don't know if it's possible to have that work life balance there are times that you know more of my time is in this business and then there are times that it's more with my children mm. so it's difficult to find that work life balance and i think one myth that people think is, oh, I'll get into real estate and I'll just make my own hours and work when I want. And it's not like that. Right. It's difficult. I mean, if you wanna do a good amount of business, you've gotta be flexible. And, you know, I I struggle with that. But I do, you know, if my kids my daughter's in dance, my son's in soccer, you know, I'm not gonna miss some like my daughter's dance competition or my son's soccer tournaments for anything. Sure. For no amount of, you know, business it's your Luckily. priorities yeah it's my priority Absolutely. so in that sense you can schedule things but there are times you know where i have to get help from friends or family because i'm just not available to, you know, run them here or there.
0: Absolutely. So. Absolutely. I, I don't think people understand. And so for the people listening and watching this, I don't think people understand how to properly be able to allot your time. This thing, work-life balance that we talk about, it doesn't exist. And I'm, I'm right there with you, Melissa. I, I, I don't think that it, it exists. One of the ways I always talk about work-life balance is work-life harmony because there's going to be some time. balance gives you the idea that one has to suffer in order for another one to, to be better or you to pay more attention to. Harmony is how things just work together. And as entrepreneurs or as people that are self-employed, run our own business, whatever it is, we have to have harmony in our life. There are weeks, I, I explain this to people about my own business. There are weeks I put in 80, 90 hours a week. There are plenty right. of those weeks, and my and my wife understands, and my family, they understand that that's what's going on. It doesn't mean that they got less of me. It's just more of my time had to go over here, but right. then there's some times that my family is the top priority, and just like you said, I won't miss any type of family gathering because that's important, so right. it's really about harmony and not judging ourselves, not judging ourselves right. if we can't spend time in those areas because we have ambitions of things, so The fact that you still struggle with it, trust me, I still struggle with it. I think everyone still does.
1: Everyone, regardless if you have children or not, I think that, you know, people struggle with it.
0: It's very common, but I think we have to get to a place we have to be open about talking about that. There's no right way. There's no perfect sauce or perfect method of how to get there. It's just not judging yourself. So right after you had your twins, what was your business like?
1: Actually, right after I had my twins, I would say, uh, I, and I got settled in with everything, I went to a REMAX office and that's really, and started coaching. Okay. And that's really when my business started to take off. Uh, and I was able to find a, a wonderful, wonderful woman to care for my kids, not on a full time basis, but, you know, she was there three, four days a week. Sure. So then at that time, I was able to really. You know, work and get things accomplished. Sure. Without her, it would have been hard. But I, you know, you have to have that support system absolutely. and somebody that you care. You know, you know, care for your children and trust.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. So, Why did you go coaching? Why did you go into coaching?
1: I guess I felt like where where do I go from here? It had been a few years, and I was doing I was doing well. I was making like probably you know a little bit under a hundred thousand a year. But I said, how do I take it to that next level? Sure and i knew that i did a lot of research and i just felt that you know finding the right coaching company the right coach would help me to to move in that direction
0: absolutely absolutely and do you find that that happens a lot in the industry like people are open to coaching or most people aren't
1: i would say it's 50/50 i think people are open to it but the issue becomes your time and money because absolutely. it can it can take up some of your time and it you know can be expensive. So.
0: Would you say that that had an integral part in your success? Now, do you think if you look back oh, on that coaching? Absolutely,
1: absolutely. And then that's what led me. I was ultimately the coaching company that I was with that I feel changed my business. The two, the two owners of that company ended up joining EXP Realty, mm-hmm. and that's what led me to EXP Realty because I saw what they did for my business, and I trust them, and I believe in them, sure. and you know, now I'm able at eXp to benefit from their coaching and not pay that large monthly fee. <laughs>
0: <Right>. <laughs> you get the so, best of both worlds, right? You get to be yes. close to them without paying the money. It's
1: exactly. <laughs> yes.
0: So now how long have you been with uh, eXp?
1: Since the end of October, 2018. So just nice. a few
0: months. Okay. Awesome. And where your business is at right now, talk to me about kind of what you're focused on. I know we're getting into the spring market. I know a lot of people are talking about that, but where, what are you kind of focused on right now?
1: So I have a small team. I have two buyers agents and an assistant. Mm. And so they really focus on buyers. And um, I try to focus on my sellers and my listings. Not that I don't ever work with buyers, but it depends on the situation. If it's a referral or if it's a seller that's also buying. Um, So I am focusing on the listings and and sellers. And yes, the spring market is starting. So (laughs) it's going to be interesting. Last year was in in our area it was a crazy and I think it was like this in a lot of parts of the country but Mm. it was just a crazy time out of nowhere it just became the seller's market right and you know homes were getting multiple offers and selling above list price so I don't know if that's going to happen this year
0: is it low inventory still
1: it's low inventory here Yeah, yeah it is especially in certain price ranges it's low inventory
0: Got it. What do you do as the realtor? Like when there is low inventory, are you door knocking to try to get more inventory? Like what's your take?
1: To try to get listings. and yeah. I'm not a door knocker. Okay, I think I have done it. And I'm, I, tr- you know, I try to do things that are me and I try to put myself in the position of you know, sellers or homeowners. And, you know, the last thing I want is someone to knock
0: on your door. <laughs> yeah,
1: You know, I'm like hiding somewhere.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Like, Who the hell is ringing my doorbell? <laughs>
0: okay. You sound um, like my wife. That's my wife. Yeah. Like she won't even get up. She's like, who is that?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I know. No, so, no, I'm not. I'm not doing that. I have a great relationship with my past clients. Excellent. So keeping in touch with them and, you know, if I have a listing in a development And there's a lot of activity, a lot of buyers, you know, reaching out to homeowners, but not knocking on their door um, just to see if they're looking to sell. And, you know, I'm not one to try to push someone and say, oh, you know, you got to sell, got to sell, you got to sell or force them, but just educating and informing them and letting them know what's going on in the market. And if they are considering selling or they were thinking about it now, maybe the time due to the lack of inventory and prices going back up.
0: Right. How have you seen uh, the industry change a bit, right? You've been in it for a little bit of time. What are, what have been some two or three of like the biggest places that you've seen changes uh, in the real estate industry?
1: Well, I'd say the industry is completely different than when I started. And I think the number one change is social media Mm. and the time and money that you can or must invest in that. It becomes, and you know, a separate job, another job uh, aside from what you do every day.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely.
1: So for me, it's been challenging and, you know, I've tried a lot of different things. I've outsourced things, but then it, when you do that, it's not really you, it's not genuine. Right. And who wants to like, look at can, you know, articles that right. you didn't write or you don't have an input in. It's right. not, it's not providing true value. True. So you have to carve out the time to get on linkedin instagram facebook whatever it is and provide value
0: what's what's your strategy right now is it just about putting out content on platforms or what are you doing
1: i don't know when i figure out my strategy i'll let you know uh i don't know strategy i think i'm just trying to i guess i struggle a bit with and for me i i go on like facebook and i get anxiety ridden like (laughs) I'm like, oh my god, this person's selling this house, and they just listed this, and they did this, and it. and yeah. I'm like, I, I suck, I'm a failure. <laughs> <You know?
0: laughs> that is the one thing social media is not good at, right? It's not good at for for us comparing ourselves right. to other people, and right. that's that's a big downfall. But I, yeah, I understand. so
1: you know, trying not to do that because you start to look at yourself and be like, oh, I, you know, they're so much better than me. Right. So. I do struggle with that. Yeah.
0: What, what impact specifically do you think social media has had on the industry? Like, what has it changed?
1: What has it changed? Um,
0: because there's always been marketing, right? Like, as a realtor, you've always had to market. It, you either did flyers or signs in the yard or whatever, but, uh, newspaper articles, magazines, benches, right? It's, it's all been the same. So then what really has social media done, in your opinion, to the industry?
1: You know what? That's a good question. I never really thought of it that way. I'm not, you know, it's, I'm not sure what it's done. I think it's provided maybe, or it's more competition. Like I'll give you an example. You know, we have like our local Facebook groups for the town we live in and someone, I mean, it happens sporadically, but I think people are learning. will go and say, Oh, we're thinking of selling our house. Does anybody know a good realtor? And I'm like, oh, that poor person doesn't even know <laughs> what they just did uh, because you'll get-
0: You're um, about to get 150 messages yeah, on people that yeah. uh, think they can okay. sell a home.
1: Yeah. So everybody, you know, just, and then now they have the person's name, They have, they can get the person's address, phone number. And I think it's just made it a little bit more competitive mm-hmm. where if that person had said, or to, to a friend or somebody and not put it out there on social media, the friend would have said, Oh, you know, let me give you a name or two, or let me ask around. Right. But when it's out there on social media, you have every realtor in town now competing for one listing.
0: Sure. Sure. So, and that's, and that's been the struggle. As I've talked to other realtors, as I've talked to people in, in my industry, at the end of the day, it's just we have to grasp how to use social media and what it's supposed to be used for. There are a lot of people that are just talk; they're just posting. They're just posting a bunch of things, and that doesn't—that's not actually going to build community. What I use social media for, and uh, I know a lot of my colleagues that I talk with about social media, we understand that social media is—is—is is, is meant to. Uh, I look at it more to document what you're doing over right. trying to create the nicest advertisement, the nicest, you know, picture of your house, whatever the case is. I know that, and you and you understand the same thing, Melissa, that people are going to buy from people that they like and trust and respect and know. You have right. to know your realtor. You have to know the person you're going to. So that's what social media should be used for, is to put out enough content that people then know who you are. Right. Not but that, not exactly. the Exactly.
1: Not the you that, you know, goes and rents, you know, and I didn't, I've never done this a Lamborghini or whatever.
0: <laughs> sure. You haven't. <laughs> sure. No, <joking. laughs> But, but exactly right. It's it's the true you, the authentic you people want authenticity. Mm-hmm. Authenticity is what will actually cut through the noise because in, on social, in social land, we don't believe most of the stuff we see. Right. Right. So it's actually the authenticity that will cut through and especially being in uh, uh, an industry like real estate where everyone is not ready to buy or ready to sell. It just becomes a brand play. It becomes about your brand more than it is about you trying to sell this home and make it transactional. When what I find is a lot of realtors and a lot of people in real estate specifically try to make social media transactional. I put up this listing so that you could buy from me. Right. I put up the, right my number so you can call me. I, that's right. what it's about. Really what I think it should be about is what's your life? What's your day to day? Are you funny? Right. Exactly. Are you happy? But you
1: do struggle with that because I, and I, I think this is maybe the post you're referring to when I, uh, was it the one that I was like, "What's going on in this market"?
0: That's exactly it. I, I was gonna allude to because I, I prefaced it at the beginning, but now right. we'll get right into it. I read a post that you made on Facebook that okay. basically said, "Like, um, what's going on in our real estate market right now?" And you gave an example of, I guess, talking to a, I believe it was a client or a somebody, seller. okay, a seller, and they were talking about what another agent had offered them, which right. was basically. Nothing like you know, just some hopes and dreams of not having to pay commissions and all types of things, right?
1: Yes. Elaborate on that. I posted that. You know, I got a call. I got you know a couple of agents that I'm friendly with. They called me, and one of them was like, "That was a great post. Somebody needed to say it." And then the another agent calls me. And she goes, "Stop posting on Facebook. You're making a fool of you. <laughs> and I was like, "I am." And she's like, "Melissa, you know, you can't put that stuff out there." I said, "Look, I'm I, I'm sorry. This is me." And this is what I experienced. And yeah, not everybody's going to agree or feel that I should maybe speak my mind, but not everybody likes everybody, you know? So I I think that it's important to let, you know, the consumers or the people outside of the industry know what's really going on and what, you know, is reasonable and unreasonable and what, People are telling you just so to get your listing. You know, it's not right. It's just not right.
0: And and you're seeing it happen more and more right or, now, right?
1: You know, where people go in and they promise them. I mean, and the thing is, is that it's hurting the seller in the long run because they're going in telling them a price that they're never going to get. But the agent wants the listing because then they can advertise themselves and be like, oh, I got this listing. And then the seller's gonna say, Well, why isn't it selling? And then the agent's gonna keep saying, Well, you gotta drop the price, drop the price, drop the price. And the seller's gonna end up selling for less than had they priced it correctly from the beginning. Right. And but people don't understand this. I get it. If you know, if I wasn't in the business and I had two agents come in and one says, I can sell your home for a million, and another says, I can sell it for seven fifty, who you know, who am right. I likely to sign with?
0: You're going with the million.
1: Yeah. I want I wanted two hundred and fifty thousand <laughs> more.
0: Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly, and w- what do you see is going to be the biggest detriment to that with seller or with uh, agents coming in and really just buying not being able to to deliver on their promises?
1: Yeah, they're bu- they're buying the listing, you know, and it's unfortunate, but in this market that we're in with limited inventory, if a home sits on the market too long. It's, Locking it just out. loses, you know, it's, it's freshness. It becomes stale. Everybody says, what's wrong with that house? Why isn't it selling, you know, and they end up dropping the price and dropping the price. Whereas if they had priced it correctly, they likely would have gotten their price.
0: Sure. Sure. I recently heard that like Redfin and Zillow are jumping into selling homes. Have you heard that?
1: I heard I, It's funny. I just went to a broker open before here, and someone said that yes Zillow is looking well I heard he, uh, buying homes
0: okay, I've heard selling, but it could be buying it could be oh, it could, be, it could both. be both yeah here's here's what I think will happen and this is just my own prediction of the industry because of what you said with the human error. Right. What uh, human beings don't really like is when they're unsure which way to go. They just turn internally. Right. Mm -hmm. So the more that we have honest, you know, honest agents and then agents that are just buying their listings, it's going to get to a point where a person doesn't feel comfortable trusting the agent. So now they're going to go direct to these platforms like Zillow and Redfin because you don't have to deal with a human anymore. It's going to be a pretty standard. This is what you get. This is what it is. And so people are going to start to get more comfortable going that route. And that's why Zillow and Redfin are jumping in the game because as agents, honestly, a lot of they've given up the leverage over time. They've given up the leverage to these other platforms that were helping now they're going to come in and start if if agents don't build on brand because that's what it comes down to if agents don't build on brand companies like zillow redfin and even some of these broker houses on the macro will start to do their own thing because the inefficiencies in the human behavior of a realtor it's it's what we're seeing happen in all these other industries where they're just they're saying they're creating robots AI, all those type of things to eliminate jobs, but it's really just to eliminate the human errors that are happening in this transaction process. Right. And so eventually that that could happen. That's why, going back to what we talked about on social, that's why building your brand on social is so important because that's the only thing that that will last.
1: Do and people... when you're saying, not to interrupt, I'm sorry. Yeah. No, go ahead. I want to just clarify, when you're saying brand, you're meaning brand as you as the agent, not you as what brokerage you're with?
0: exactly correct it's 500%. it's it's you melissa's brand like who are you not right exp not keller williams not century 21 not remax they have their own brand and again agents have given up the leverage over the past 15 years or so to these broker houses because they want to be with Keller Williams or they want to be with Berkshire. Right. And then all of a sudden now we're in an era where to direct to consumer with social media, you can literally just directly talk to the people that you want and we're not we're not taking advantage of it as much. That's why I'm a big proponent of social media and you just putting out content every day. doesn't have to be pretty. Whatever your friend said about not putting stuff out on Facebook, don't listen to her. Right? <laughs> it's, that's all She's this game. <laughs> I know, but there's, but there's no protection if you want to build a business and you want to attend money follows attention. And this is hundred percent in the real estate game is if people don't know who you are, you're not going to make money.
1: Right. Absolutely. And I think the industry's changing and, you know, it's, it's, it's uncertain. I Absolutely. think, you know, it's, it's uncertain and it's definitely it's changed since I've gotten in and I, I think we're going to continue to see change in this industry.
0: What do you think needs to happen in the industry right now for it to start to boom, peak, right? Get to a place where it's, it's better. What would make the industry better?
1: Uh, I think, well, I guess there's, i guess a, a lot of different components to this but as far as agents are concerned i think you know we as agents need to w- work together not against each other and really respect ourselves because people aren't aware what goes into this business and not only what we invest financially but our time and a good agent works 12 to 14 hours a day, you know, I know, and, and they shouldn't have to know the back end, but when you have the paperwork and the logistics and the phone calls and the home inspection issues, appraisal and on and on and on, mm-hmm. it's not as simple as it appears from the outside. So I think as agents, again, we just need to work together and share value. It shouldn't just be about everybody's looking to stab everybody in the back. Right. And if I have a listing and you have a buyer, let's work to get it done. Let's—we shouldn't be on opposite sides. You know, we need to work together and and get the transaction through. Yeah. Of course, you're representing the buyer. I'm representing the seller, but just making it a win-win for everyone.
0: Absolutely.
1: And you know, not doing things in the industry that are being done that give realtors that use car salesman mm. type of image. Sure. Things are being done like that. And I would love to be able to change that. I would love to be able to provide enough value so people can understand how much value an educated, informed, honest agent can provide them.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And you, you have the tools in your hand via social media. You can put out content and I know you already do put out some content, continue to do it, continue to just flood your timeline with a bunch of information and value that you know is going to help someone. And I guarantee they'll come to you when it's time for them to buy or sell their house. Like I, I guarantee it. That's the game that we're in right now. And uh, people just don't put out enough content. We're we're keeping all of our information here and in our circle of people where we have platforms now of distribution that we can just talk whenever we want to. And people will actually, the ones that, that need the information, that grasp it, they'll get it and they'll come back to you for more. So I think you're definitely on the right path with it. Give As we kind of wrap this thing up, give one or two tips for the agents right now, the newer agents that are out, what should they be working on? What should they be doing right now to really get their business going?
1: Oh boy. What should they be working on to get their business going? I think the biggest thing is making personal connections, getting and sincere, honest connections, and really caring about the people that they, they meet, and letting them know that they're a realtor and providing value and building that network. For me, my best source is my past clients. And because like you said, they know, like, and trust me. That's right. So building that foundation is number one, would be my best piece of advice. Number two, just educating yourself, you know, so that you're informed of the current market where we're at how things work, you know, you go to real estate school and they teach you things that you never really even need to know.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. You You could say that again for everybody that's trying to go to real estate school. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, and you know, maybe just finding an agent that they can mentor even shadow for a couple weeks if possible. Mm. That's the best way. It's just getting out there and doing it. I, for me, my I remember my first listing was making expired phone calls. So I just said I'm gonna stay on this phone all day till I get an appointment, <laughs>
0: <laughs> and so, it happened. And you got one.
1: And I got one. Yes. So just yeah. being consistent and not not giving up because this business can be very very overwhelming and very frustrating. And you got to just be persistent and keep. Be, be persistent, consistent, and just keep pushing through. It's a lot of rejection. It's a lot of rejection. You can't take it personally. Mm. I say that, but I still take things. <laughs> of personally. course we all do. right? Yeah.
0: It's funny because I give the same advice, but it's very true. There is a lot of rejection when you're trying to do anything great or build a business and, um, you have to be able to handle it and yeah. just, let, just let the chips fall where they may.
1: Right. That's
0: it. That's it. Awesome. So Melissa, I appreciate you jumping on. Tell the people where, where can they find you? Like what's, what's the easiest way to get in touch with you?
1: My website is melissadesantis.com and my cell phone is 732-757-2522. And my email is mdesantisrealestate at gmail.com. And then I'm basically all over social media with just Melissa DeSantis. Gotcha.
0: Gotcha. So follow her, give her a call, reach out. She's obviously willing to provide value and uh, really educate you. If you have questions in the industry or in buying the home buying or home selling process, uh, feel, feel free to reach out. But Melissa, really do appreciate you jumping on the podcast. And um, hopefully we get to connect soon in person yes. and uh, figure out you know how
1: come to LA though.
0: Yeah. <laughs> funny, funny. A- absolutely. So guys, we're gonna sign off for the uh for another episode of the Property Players Podcast. I'm C Muzan. I'll talk to you guys soon. Melissa, take care.
1: Okay, thank you.